We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com. Jumping in here shortly will be Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento B. He was down at LoFi Stadium for the 49ers Week 2 preseason win over the Los Angeles Chargers, a 15-10 to 10 victory. We're going to dive into that with our regular stock up, stock down. Uh, but first, we have a quarterback conversation to have because uh, it wouldn't be a 49ers podcast this offseason without some quarterback talk. So we're going to start there, get into stock up, stock down, and uh, have a little fun. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Only a little bit of fun, Chris. Just a little bit. Just a tiny bit. If the we start having too much, we're going to scale it way back. 49ers beat the Chargers 15-10. How was Lo-Fi Stadium? Quick. Why do you keep calling it Lo-Fi? Isn't that SoFi? What so did fi. I say? Lo-Fi? Oh my lo-fi. God, dude. I definitely wrote Lo-Fi <laughs> all night last night. I think you, when I was on the radio with you on Sunday, you said lo-fi, but I wasn't sure and I didn't want to correct you. Oh, dude, you gotta, you gotta let me know, dog. (laughs) Oh man. I didn't know if you were making a joke. No, while you're talking right now, no, legitimately, like while you're talking right now, I'm going to go back through everything I wrote last night and change it. (laughs) Perfect. That's a, that's a great way to pod. (laughs) Oh my God. That's um, hilarious. Yeah, that's it's a it's a cool stadium. It it reminds me a lot of uh, Jerry World in Dallas, but I didn't really get to walk around it too much. Um, it wasn't super user friendly from like a media standpoint. You kind of like walk in the building and just kind of have to guess where everything is, <laughs> which which isn't ideal for us. Um, but no, it's it's really cool. I I think my my thing with it is I'm just not a fan of the stadiums that have like 17 decks you know like if you're all the way in the upper deck at SoFi you're like 400 feet above the field and it's I just don't know how anybody could enjoy sitting up there and maybe I have a thing with heights or whatever but um I just don't know if I would I would rather watch a game at home I think than than sit in like way in the upper deck at a stadium like that but no it's it's really cool the scoreboard's really cool 
um the uh the press seating area is fine it's it's way up in the corner so you know it is what it is it's not the the most ideal press situation for us but you know it, it's it's a cool spot i'm i'm not upset that uh that's a new one in the division um that we'll get to go to every year there were a lot of 49ers fans there by the way which isn't surprising but like what did the what did 70, the players 30, think about like. being back in front of the faithful what's that I said, what did the players think about being back in front of the faithful? <laughs> the people are dying tonight. I think Trey Lance was the only one who was asked about it after the game. And he was mm. he was super excited. I don't know if if Thrilled. if people people in um people listen to our pod watch much of Trey Lance's media availabilities, <laughs> but he says super excited a lot. Super oh, excited. Okay. Hell yeah. So Love he that. was definitely super excited to uh to play in front of the faithful. I went through seven articles that I wrote before and after the game and mm-hmm. on five of them i had written lo-fi stadium <laughs> what is lo-fi i have no idea coach <laughs> i got nothing for you That's... i have nothing for it, you you, you if just gotta... you had put a if you had put a gun to my head and said what's the name of the chargers slash ram stadium i'd have been like oh lo-fi stadium yeah i, I can't tell i think maybe los angeles you should play it off just as a uh as like, like a troll job yeah hell yeah Screw like, the Chargers. Yeah, screw the Chargers. Lo-fi <laughs> stadium. Get hate it. the Chargers. <laughs> just, hey, that would be a great bit this year. Is just an update whenever the Chargers lose. It's just like, screw Hell those yeah. guys. <laughs> Raiders 27, Chargers 18. Eat Boom. it, Chargers. <laughs> what was Joey Bosa's stat line? <laughs> oh, Anyways. man, that's good. Um, we have quarterbacks to talk about. Yeah, we're going to get into stock up stock quarterbacks. Up. I know you weren't here for the intro bit, but I told the people we were going to do stock up, stock down. But first, we got to talk about Trey Lance because Trey Lance was he um, I don't know what to make of it, Chris. I don't I don't know. He's very clearly. The more talented player. Yes, I don't think that's anybody watching that game is not going to come away thinking that Jimmy Garoppolo was the number three pick this year um but lance looked really bad to start one for nine an interception one for five with an interception nine yards yeah um didn't didn't look great but then he comes back and i think he completed seven of his final nine for 93 yards and two touchdowns and made some really impressive throws and some really impressive plays with his legs um but I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. Yeah, I, it I think coming so out of bad it and so much good. Yeah, I, I, I don't. So I think w- coming out of the last two preseason games, I've really tried to rack my brain and decide: has Trey Lance helped his case or hurt his case to supplant Jimmy Garoppolo early in the season? Right? I don't. You know, week one might be unrealistic at this point. I still think I would start Trey Lance, mm-hmm. um, but I understand I, I'm not like I, I'm not offended by the take of of anybody who sure. says that, that Jimmy Garoppolo should start early in the season, just given Lance's relative lack of experience. Mm-hmm. But I think the important thing for the 49ers is just to start developing Trey Lance. When I look at Trey Lance and I see his problems, I think they're fixed by getting more reps and getting more playing time not sitting him down and having him hold the clipboard. So he's, he's generally going to the right places with the football. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think 
his bigger issue than what's going on potentially, you know, between the years and learning the offense and those type of things, I think it's just fundamental stuff. Mm-hmm. It's stuff that he needs to just get reps at. He needs to have his feet underneath him. He needs to, um, you know, quicken his release. He needs to get rid of the ball quickly uh, in terms of not taking sacks. And, and so I think all those things come by getting game reps. And, and I think that's really the thing that's going to help expedite this whole process because look, I think you and I both think Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback at some point this season, right? Mm-hmm. To me, I would start him earlier rather than later because if you wait till week six and say you're in the playoff race, wouldn't you feel better about Trey Lance at week 16 and 17 and potentially into the playoffs if he got those five or six games early in the season? Like, so these are all just reps that he needs to get, in my opinion. And it's really hard for me to come away trying to take away too much from these preseason games because they're just, they're just schematically not what the 49ers are going to be doing during the season when he's in there, mm-hmm. let alone the, the personnel that's in there. I know he's been throwing to Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Muhammad Sanu and Trent Shurfield, who are probably the top four receivers, but it's not like there was one, there was one leak play, right? They're the one leak play. We finally saw it to yeah to Richie James and it's like all right finally Trey Lance is given one of these play action layups right that Jimmy Garoppolo has always gotten during the regular season these last few years so my my whole thing is like what is Trey Lance going to look like when he's throwing to George Kittle when you know he he's doing he his legs are being used in conjunction with Raheem Mostert and you know a jet jet sweep motion from Debo Samuel coming the other way, like what's that going to look like? And how does that affect the defense? And how often are they going to run the ball? And mm-hmm. how often are they going to use play action and do things that they aren't doing in these preseason games? That's going to make it a lot easier for Trey Lance. And so, you know, I personally think Trey Lance now is better than what I remember from Robert Griffin in 2012. Right. Okay. I think he's, I think, I think the supporting cast is certainly better. I was looking it up today. Pierre Garçon was the leading receiver that year. He had like 600 yards. Yeah. Right. Like I think Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are probably both better than 2012 Pierre Garçon. Fair. Maybe. Pierre Garçon is pretty good. He was, but George Kittle. George Kittle is definitely better than any player on that team. Any pass catcher that they had. Right. So in terms of where Trey Lance is at, in terms of his supporting cast, in terms of the foundation of the offense being in there, I still think you can make it work with Trey Lance, no matter what he does in the preseason games, right. no matter what you think he needs to work on. So I, I don't want to take too much away from, well, his passes were a little inaccurate and this and that. Like, yeah, he's he's a young quarterback. He's going to go through that. I would rather have Trey Lance, if I'm the 49ers, go through that this season than go through it next season because we see it all the time in the league. Like, quarterbacks generally make the biggest leap. And this is, this is a point that our buddy Kevin Clark makes all the time on the ringer NFL show that quarterbacks make the biggest leap from year one to year two, right? Wouldn't you rather have Trey Lance make that leap sooner rather than later? Wouldn't you rather have him be the, the more experienced guy in 2022? Unless, unless they think that these mechanical things that he worked out, that he, that he loses when he gets sped up, unless they think that starting him is going to force him to lose all that stuff that he worked on permanently. Like it's just going to get ingrained where he doesn't get a chance because if he becomes a starter this year, he's going to be the starter. 
And so if there's still footwork things that he needs to work on and things with his release that he needs to work on in practice and in a slower paced controlled setting to make them more second nature. So when he gets into a game and he gets sped up, he goes to those fundamentals rather than reverting back to uh, where he was when he came in. That's where I think this, this conversation goes two directions because what you're talking about makes all the sense for 2021. I, I, I am on that side of the fence and I agree with you, but I think they're looking at Trey Lance's development in this season, uh, his, his rookie season beyond 2021. Like it's not about this year. If they think that sitting him for 18 weeks is going to turn him into the next Patrick Mahomes, they'll go 0 and 17 if they can get Patrick Mahomes out of it. If that's if that's a, if that's what they think is is going to be the benefit, is he's going to be able to step in and just be dominant right away, um, versus potentially limiting his ceiling by, like I said, kind of drilling those negative habits in by by starting him in week one. Yeah, I, I mean, I would push back on the on on. I mean, it's certainly possible that if he started, he would he would like ingrain those bad habits. But just <laughs> from what I've seen in just in terms of the way Trey Lance has has grown and evolved just since June, I, I would have a I, I wouldn't really worry so much about that type of stuff. I, I think I think he's talented enough. I think he's got <clears throat> certainly what it takes between the years to to hammer that stuff home and Mm -hmm. and be in a place where he can help his team win football games despite the fact that he played at north dakota state and only played one game last year Mm -hmm. um and you know i i listening to kyle shanahan after the game and i wrote about this today or for today for monday sackb.com slash 49ers go ahead yeah (laughs) thanks he um Kyle Shanahan was asked about, you know, the velocity of, of Trey Lance's passes. And that's certainly something that Trey Lance needs to work on, particularly in the, in the short passes, right? It needs to be accurate. They, he's got to make it catchable for his receiver. And one, one thing Kyle Shanahan said was those by those guys better get used to it. Yeah. You know? And, and then he also said later on, and this was a top, my story was like, you know, a, Trey Lance needs as many two minute opportunities, opportunities as he can get before the season starts. So like, Kyle Shanahan is saying that, um, you know, it's not a quarterback competition. He doesn't think Trey Lance is in that space to to compete uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo for the starting job right now. But everything Kyle Shanahan is sort of saying and hinting is like Trey Lance is going to play a lot early in the season. And the fact that, you know, Kyle Shanahan was not willing to name a starter last night. I don't really find that news or, or, or particularly interesting from the standpoint of like, he has no reason to name a starter three weeks out, right? Like he doesn't need to give the lions the answer to the test for week one already. Um, So I think keeping them guessing is, is part gamesmanship. It's part motivation to, to Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance to say, Hey, the heat's on. Right. And, and he's not, he's, he's not calling it a competition externally, but I think it definitely is a competition internally. Um, and so Trey Lance is going to play. I mean, that was my big takeaway from last night, regardless of like the little things that he still needs to work on Mm -hmm. listening to Kyle Shanahan talk after the fact, it was very clear that Trey Lance is going to play a lot in 2021. What we just, what we don't know is what is that exactly going to look like? Um, and for me, the, the big thing about this and, and, um, I think this is a really important point. Jimmy Garoppolo is not 
Alex Smith in 2017. Right. Right. Jimmy Garoppolo is not Drew Brees. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a top 10, top eight quarterback. He has weeks where he can certainly look like that. But mm-hmm. look, like every practice, there's a throw or two that just makes you say, what are you doing? Right. right? And and every game, there's a throw or two where it's like, that should have been picked or that was picked and it was an right. awful pick. So when you're making mistakes like that, like I just don't know that there, that even if you do decide to sit Trey Lance, that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a whole lot better. Right? Like Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. I think... Given given how Trey Lance can raise the ceiling just with his skill set, I don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo with all of his short, quick passing stuff, even if he's playing all that well, is really a, a much better option than Trey Lance, given how limited he might be from a schematic standpoint. So now I'm going to jump back to your side of the fence. Um, a, big, a, big, <laughs> a big thing I see a lot, because I wrote last night, like on 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 Twitter, I said, I'm running out of ideas and running out of reasons to not play Trey Lance. The one I just said earlier about like, you know, if they're worried about his bad habits becoming unfixable long-term and lowering his ceiling as a player. Okay. But I'm guessing at that. That's like a, Hey, maybe here's the thing they think. Right. The, the, the common, <laughs> the common refrain refrain is that am i using that right the common refrain is oh well he just isn't ready to start and like i take that point i hear that point i think on that point and then i think no you're absolutely right and he still looked better than jimmy garoppolo did yeah he looks unready and i still felt more confident that the 49ers were going to put the ball in the end zone when number five was under center than when number 10 was under center and it's not like the competition level was dramatically different. It's not like Jimmy Garoppolo was playing against Joey Bosa and Derwin James. And then Trey Lance came in while, while you and I were rushing the passer. Right. You know, it, 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 it's not, it's not a drastic enough difference uh, to me where I watched last night and I said, Trey Lance didn't look ready. And Jimmy Garoppolo looked ready to tear it up. Right. And that's, that's where I get, hung up for this year um if the Niners have long-term concerns about playing Lance early then you know what then that's what it is but if they're talking about this year and their ability to compete this year I don't know what you've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo in this offseason that has said oh this guy is clearly the better option yeah, I I, I agree 100%. And I'll, I know it's basically it what you just said. I was trying to rephrase it. <laughs> no, no I, I agree, obviously. <laughs> but um, no, I, and I've said this a few different times, uh, I think on this pod and elsewhere, like if I'm a defensive coordinator, I would way rather play Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Than Trey yeah. Lance. And like we saw it, the two-point conversion was just an example. Like play breaks down, he can still run and go get that two-point conversion, even though there was a holding call on the backside. Um. He had the eight yard scramble. I know Garoppolo had a scramble too, but just the the things that Trey Lance's skill set and his athleticism can do for the offense, even if he isn't as efficient or as precise as Jimmy Garoppolo in, in a lot of the other parts of his game, I still think the possibilities are much greater with Trey Lance under center. And I think, and and I don't want to put a, just real quick, real quick, real quick. I don't want to put a pin necessarily in the Trey Lance thing yet, but I do want to transition this to just to, Remember, we're doing stock up, stock down, stock down, Jimmy Garoppolo. You can't yeah. go 15 plays. They 
they were on the field for 15 plays. He threw for 15 yards on six attempts and got the offense from their own 16 to the Chargers 34 in 15 plays, 15 plays, 45 yards. And I think they had a third down pass interference. Yes. Extended drive, right? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. So, so I don't, they're, they're just, I, I, like I said, I think I'm just kind of putting a bow on my point, but um, stock down Jimmy Garoppolo because he, regardless of what you think about Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't look good last night. Yeah. I don't, and I think that's really an important point because if you're sitting Trey Lance, it's not like you're playing somebody who's incredible. Right. I, I think there's an element to what Kyle Shanahan's doing that's not necessarily congruent with what he says to the media. He says, oh, we could win with Jimmy. Oh, we're, you know, the, only, the re- real reason we did this was because we're worried about Jimmy's injuries. Like he did this because he wants Trey Lance to be his quarterback. Period. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he want he he thinks Trey Lance has a higher ceiling than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, the injuries are part of it. And yeah, the injuries help justify it. But you don't invest three first round picks in one guy just because Jimmy Garoppolo has an injury history. You mm-hmm. invest all those picks because you want to replace Jimmy Garoppolo. Exactly. Exactly. So if if that's the road you're going down and you're giving Trey Lance reps in practice uh, with the first team for the first time on Friday against the Chargers to go against Joey Bosa and Derwin James in practice, albeit just eight plays, but that's the first time. I just wanted got, to see what it looks like. Yeah, okay. that was the first time he got <laughs> more than two reps in any practice that I've watched with the first team. Like Kyle Shanahan is toying with this idea, no matter what he says to us about it, not being a competition. I think he just, he does not want to announce it being a competition and then have all the media at practice diagnosing everything um, even more than we already are. It's going to say too late. <laughs> right. No, but I mean, you know, like if they're, if Kyle Shanahan wants to split reps and really have a competition, it makes sense for him to do it when the media is not out there. And so the media will be allowed to watch the entirety of practice Wednesday and Thursday. And then after that, it's regular season mode where we don't get to watch team drills. So um, that's weird. I read on Twitter that camp was over. (laughs) It's it's not over. I'm confused. At least not from a media access standpoint. (laughs) Um, So there's, I, I, I don't believe that Kyle Shanahan is necessarily being I don't want to say he's being dishonest, but I think Kyle Shanahan is very carefully handling his messaging versus what's actually happening here. And yeah. he's generally very open and honest and and he's been fine answering all of our questions about about the situation. But I just I don't necessarily believe the idea that oh it's not a competition between Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, which he's which he continues to say. Um he- and I think that just he just says that because it behooves him to say it, not because that's actually what's happening. Here's the here's the deal with that. And then this is my last thing on this. He said in that first press conference or what whatever it was, the one right before camp, it's not an open competition, but then wrapped up that whole thing with we'll go with whoever gives us the best chance to win. Yeah. And it's like, that means you're evaluating who gives you the best chance to win. Ergo, it's a competition. Exactly. It, it's a competition. It no is. It's it's it a is. thousand percent a competition. Um, yeah, he wants he wants to find the quarterback that gives him the best chance to win. But he just doesn't want to call it that because he knows what types of headlines that'll write, what types of questions that'll bring Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. 
Right. And so it's a it's a delicate balance. He's been in the league for a while. He's been around it for a while. His dad's been around it, obviously. Um, so he knows how this stuff goes. Um, do I think he's do, so? I mean, really, the question is like, is Trey Lance increasing his odds at starting early in the season based on the way he plays or not? I kind of think he is, despite the fact that like there are things he's not doing great just because I think the offense with all the personnel, with an actual game plan in place with Trey Lance's running as a big function of the offense. Like I think that's where this is headed. Um, and I'm just speculating. I haven't heard anything like that, but I, but to me, just the ceiling is so much higher in addition to the fact that defensive coordinators have no idea what that's going to look like with Trey Lance, right? They know what even- Jimmy Garoppolo looks like with all these pers- with all these players like that's been out there before and it's not even which quarterback it's which offense do you want to run yeah it it's not i don't know it just when you, have a, when you have a quarterback that can be part of the running game who's also like pretty damn good at at throwing long and not at right. all hesitant right right like that's really sort of the perfect storm if you're Kyle Shanahan who runs a run heavy offense that's dependent on play action a lot. Unless you think you're going to damage him long term, it makes zero sense to start Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I, I would agree. And that's it. Like, you know, I said it earlier, but like, I think the supporting cast is better than what RG, RG3 had in 2012. Yeah, I don't I think, think that's this, a question. I think the supporting cast is better than what Dak Prescott had in 2016 when the Cowboys went 13 and three. Mm-hmm. You know who the leading receiver for that Cowboys team was? I looked this up today. Uh, oh, oh, I'm going to guess. Uh, let's see. Des Bryant. Cole Beasley. Oh, that was going to be my second guess. <laughs> so, like, you know, like you can do this if you're if, if Kyle Shanahan is is as good as we think he is at devising an offense and developing quarterbacks, given that he has an all pro tight end and a potential Hall of Famer left tackle and a, a potential Hall of Famer at center and a pretty deep and talented running back group and two pretty promising receivers um, who have both dipped their toes in the league a little bit and Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, then Kyle Shanahan should be able to get a really good offense out of all that with Trey Lance Mm -hmm. because teams have done less with teams have, have won games with less with rookie quarterbacks, including Kyle Shanahan in 2012. Yeah. I, I think their ceiling for wins with Jimmy Garoppolo is probably like 11 or 12. And I think that's probably about the case with Trey Lance too. Yeah. I I think the differences with Garoppolo is you need a great defense and you need a running game. If you want to win the Super Bowl. with Trey Lance, it's like, all right, if you have a quarterback that can, that can extend outside of structure, you know, Russell Wilson's a classic example. And we've talked about this a lot too. Like, why are the Seahawks always good? Because they have Russell Wilson, even though the roster hasn't been particularly good, even though they've had scheme issues with their offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. even though their, their defensive personnel hasn't been great. They still have Russell Wilson and they're always in the mix. Yep. And Jimmy Garoppolo is not that type of quarterback. And there's a chance that Trey Lance is. Yep. So I, I you know, I, I would go with Trey Lance. Um, and I think, I, I think just coming out of last night, listening to Kyle Shanahan talk about it, despite not wanting to name a starter and saying it's not a competition and all that, like 
Kyle Shanahan saying the receivers better get used to those high velocity throws. And it's great that Trey Lance is getting all these two minute situations before the regular season. Like he's kind of hinting at where this is going, yeah. in my opinion. Stock down Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> just yeah. to, just to go back to that. Uh, we, I think we kind of belabored that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You want to talk about somebody else? Sure, let's do it. All right, let's do a stock up. And um, we'll start with uh, we'll start on the offensive side. Uh, Jalen Moore played like the whole game at left tackle, the rookie fifth round pick, and yeah. uh, looked looked pretty good. He didn't allow a pressure. Um, like I said, playing the entire game. Granted, he wasn't going against Joey Bosa, but um, you got to feel good about him as as your swing tackle, which it looks like he's going to be. But you think he might have a different job? Yeah. So. I think what could end up happening is Jalen Moore ends up in the mix for the right guard spot because I don't, hmm. I don't, I don't think, you know, I think Jalen Moore is a more talented player than Daniel Brunskill. Daniel Brunskill is clearly more experienced, um, but Daniel Brunskill was in the AAF in 2018. Yeah. Right. And Jalen Moore fifth round pick from a small school. I'm not, I'm not saying he's, he's like went to you know, Alabama or, or he's right. Orlando pace or anything, but but I think the point being like Jalen Moore has been quietly one of the one of the more promising developments of training camp for the 49ers. And I think the fact that they've had so many injuries at the tackle spot is, has forced them to play him at tackle. I think he would have been in that mix at right guard had Trent Williams and Justin School and Sean Coleman all been healthy. But all those guys right. are out. So he's really the de facto swing tackle. Um and so what Kyle Shanahan said today when I asked him about Jalen Moore, he was like, yeah, I'd love to get Jalen Moore more reps on the inside. But what we're trying to do right now is figure out who our best eight or nine offensive linemen are. And then essentially they'll deal with the positions later. So there's a chance that, yeah, Jalen Moore, Jalen Moore is going to make the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a chance that once 
that's established. And once Trent Williams is back and they don't need Jalen Moore to take all the first team reps at left tackle, that they kick him inside and see how he does. And if he does well, then I think that might, that could be an interesting way to approach really what's the Achilles heel of the offense, or at least the offensive line is right guard. Because frankly, I don't think Daniel Brunskill is all that good. You know, I think you have a really good, very replaceable. He's very replaceable. You have a really good left tackle. You have a pretty good left guard. You have a a good, but aged center. Um, You have Daniel Brunskill at right guard. And then you have a mixed bag and Mike McGlinchey. Like you don't want that right side of the offensive line to be a weak point. So like if you drafted Jalen Moore in the fifth round, if you think he's a better player than Daniel Brunskill, and I think he will be as the season goes on, then I think he should probably be in the mix of starter right guard. And it sounded like st- Kyle Shanahan is open to that when I asked him that today. Do you start him week one or do you wait and let him develop <laughs> and maybe bring him in part of the way through the year? Bring I'm him worried, in special I'm packages. Worried about, I'm worried about him developing bad techniques and, and those <laughs> becoming ingrained. <laughs> um, no, I, I just think Jalen Moore's had, had a good camp. Um, he's played tackle probably better than they anticipated. Um, but it's been out of necessity because of injuries, but they drafted him to be a guard and there's an opening there with Aaron Banks hurt and not really putting himself in that mix to start to begin with. Yeah. Um, all right. Stock down. Brandon, Ayuk and Debo Samuel, I think just kind of wide the, receiver drops in general, the drops. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, what's, you know, what's really fun when you send out a tweet about Jimmy Garoppolo making a bad throw. And then everybody on Twitter is like, nope, no, he should have caught it. His hands should have caught it. It's like, all right, how about this? Multiple <laughs> things can be true at once. He should have caught it, and it was a bad throw. Yeah. Right? These yeah. Both these things can be true. And yes. that's why I tweeted yes. when, when Mohamed Sanu caught the touchdown. I was like, was that a great pass or a great catch? Let's all figure <laughs> together. You know, like if you if you're the guy on Twitter who feels the need to correct the my point that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't make a good throw, and by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo after the fact said it was a bad throw, like just save it. It was a bad throw. No, <laughs> it was a energy, bad throw. It was it a bad throw. It, it was could, absolutely. Could he have caught it? Yes. And I've seen could him it make have that been catch. a way better throw. Yes, he was wide open. It's like you don't. Uh, you do not. It's not like it. It's not like it drilled him between the two ones on his on his on his jersey and popped up in the air and got picked. Yeah, like and that, you do not want to throw high over the middle towards two defenders. Like you're trying to get Brandon Ayuk killed if you when you make that pass. They're lucky. Him. One of the defenders <laughs> fell over. Jeez. And like Ayuk's lucky, he just didn't get leveled because he was he he exposed himself trying to get up to make that catch. So yeah. Um, imagine watching that play and the takeaway is receivers got to do something. (laughs) I mean, it happens, but like people, like I I watched all the replays before I sent my tweet out. I thought about it very carefully. (laughs) Like you guys, you guys can save your energy with, with the tweets. I get it. You disagree with me, but it's, it's fine. Michael Irvin said, if it hits him in the hands, then they got to catch it. No, I get that. I get that. I totally. And if you want to put a ding against Ayuk for it, for sure. But like, yeah, you're not going to you're not going to hand me a plate of spaghetti and a knife and then get mad that I'm not eating the spaghetti correctly. Right. Like you have a utensil. Right. 
the the reason why I weird analogy. Yeah, the the reason why I yeah we're we're gonna we're gonna zoom past that one. (laughs) The the reason why the reason why Ayuk is in stock down for that is yeah he probably should have caught it, but this is the second week in a row we've had a bad drop, or at least a drop, right? A ball hit his hands that he did not corral. Yeah, so it's just worth mentioning. Like I'm not worried about Brandon Ayuk. He's been really. I think he's been outstanding during training camp and he was really difficult for the chargers to cover throughout the practices last week. So I'm not super worried, but like he's, you know, if you're going to be the number one receiver, don't draw passes. And Debo to that Samuel, end, he was down. difficult to cover on that play. Yeah. Wide open. Debo Samuel also had a bad drop. Um, and there isn't a whole lot of analysis. Like he's, he's just got to catch it. It wasn't a perfect throw from Trey Lance. It was high and hard, but like, it wasn't it wasn't out of his catch radius yeah right so it's it was and and the most new one trey lance took um responsibility for that um and same boat though definitely catchable more catchable than the iuk throw yeah what what they said afterwards was like if he hits him in stride he's probably running a long way there mm-hmm. i watched i rewatched it I mean, unless Muhammad Sanu is like Tyree Kill, I don't know how many how many yards after the catch he's getting, but he definitely would have gotten a first down. Yeah. Um, so anyway, there was that. But yeah, stock down on the drops. They get they gotta clean that up. And uh and I think they will. And another part of like the Trey Lance accuracy thing, get him in rhythm. Right? A guy who's played such little football needs to be in rhythm. And like once he got in rhythm, you saw how much different it was. Sure. So anyway, that's another case for playing Trey Lance. Okay. Stock up Diamador Lenore. Just yeah. kind of in general. He's been good. Uh Pro Football Focus has him for one reception allowed on two targets. Um, he had a pass breakup last night. He had an interception in week one. Diamador Lenore looks like he might be able to play a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a ni- nicely said on your part. I think he's thanks, man. I think he, I mean, you have a lot of questions about the 49ers depth in the secondary. Diamador Lenore being a capable player would be big for them because yeah. Emmanuel yeah. Mosley's out right now with a hamstring injury, right? So, yeah, like, they don't need is, him to be a pro bowler. Yeah, they just need him to be capable. And, you know, if you need to start Diamador Lenore because Emmanuel Mosley's hurt, then you feel pretty good about it based on what you've yeah. seen from the preseason so far. To that end, uh, his fellow member of this draft class in the third round, Ambry Thomas stocked down uh, because once again, in, in this game in and of itself wasn't horrible, uh, but he did give up a long completion, uh, a 39 yard catch. He also had a pass interference on a third down later in the game. It was a nice pass breakup, but um, he did get a little handsy and um, the referees yeah, last a, night were brutal. They were really bad like 25 or 26 penalties yeah. and like a review. they did a review at the oh, end of the God. game it was <laughs> anyway uh but amber thomas just and i think part of this is because of how well diamador lenore has played amber thomas i'm not writing him off he didn't play last year he has some rust to knock off and he's trying to do it at the nfl level um so he has not helped his case though if you're ordering if it's on the outside if it's Verrett mosley who's that next corner off the bench i think right now it's lenore with with thomas behind yeah and lenore's a three-year starter at oregon right who never missed a game and so like you know it's not entirely surprising he's he's off to a better start 
But yeah, what well, one thing that's interesting sort of about this draft class is is they they went multiple at a few different spots, and the guys they drafted later are looking better than the guys that were drafted earlier. Yeah, you know, and this is a case our, our buddy Nick Wagner made. He was like, he thinks Elijah Mitchell looks better than um, than Trey Sermon, which I think oh. is, is I mean it's a take for sure, but I I don't think it's unreasonable. Interesting. And then you have Jalen Moore, obviously having a better camp than Aaron Banks. Um, preseason there in Banks, obviously. Jalen Moore is a fifth round pick. Banks is taken in the second round. And then you have Diamador Lenore looking better than Ambry Thomas, a fifth round pick versus a third round pick. Let's wrap this up then with fifth round picks. Talanoa yeah. Hufanga, three <laughs> fifth round picks, all of them stock up as the 49ers continue. Uh, you made this observation today on, on Twitter. Uh, they do a nice job in the fifth round. George Kittle, Dre Greenlaw, and now uh, Diamador Lenore, Jalen Moore. And Talanoa Hufanga, who at uh, at worst are having you know good preseason. Hufanga might be the starter at strong safety. He's a good player. It might happen. Yeah. He's already their best special teams guy. Um, I mentioned it to you, I think, before the pod that he pancaked somebody. He was he was a punt protector and just pancaked a dude <laughs> um, on a on a Mitch Wisnowski punt, which you don't see a whole lot of. Um, yeah. He takes. I saw one where. He was very aware of the angle he was taking towards the the punt returner. It was one deep. I think it was in the first half deep in um, Chargers territory. And he could have went right at the guy, but he saw that there was another buddy. There was another 49er coming down to his right, who was taking away the left side for the returner. And Ufanga could have went right right at him, but he, he took another angle to sort of close off any avenue we could have to escape. Mm-hmm. Um and you know it's just like smart angles and you uh, were locked in on number twenty nine last night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to be right. Yeah. <laughs> no, basically, I, it was just, basically Troy Polamalu. Yeah, he's basically Troy Polamalu. I, I, I won't go. I won't quite go that far. But no, like, and I asked Kyle Shannon about it today. I was like, is he? positioning himself to to compete for that top job and he was like yeah the way he's been practicing the way he's played in the two preseason games all of his reps the last week have come with the first team because Tavon Wilson's been hurt Mm -hmm. um so I think Wilson would probably be the favorite to start but like I don't know if if Wilson's anything special right and Jaquaski Tart is on the shelf indefinitely with a toe injury we have no idea when he's going to return to practice so like if you're just kind of like the Lance Garoppolo thing yeah in that, okay, you might have this veteran who's pretty good, but you might, you might, or who's fine, but you might also have this rookie who could be excellent. Yeah. And it might be that you put him in a starting defense with Fred Warner in front of him and Jimmy Ward behind him. Like, it's probably not the worst spot for a rookie safety to be. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's a real possibility. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. But man, if Talano Hufanga, a rookie fifth round picks ends up ends up starting for them at strong safety this year and plays well like that could be a very large development for them. that would be huge for them yeah i'm out of things to say about the second preseason game yeah we got the dress rehearsal coming up against the raiders can't wait a 1 p.m preseason game how great is oh, that it's gonna be awesome we're gonna be able to and like then- bang out all of our content and then go eat dinner somewhere and not be up till like one sure. in the morning totally um, real quick, uh, we're recording this late Monday night. You had a late flight in. Yeah, um, your boy, your boy could use some sleep. 
Yeah, for sure. So we're going to get out of here, but uh, 49ers <laughs> have another set of roster cuts on Tuesday. Yes. So by the time you're listening to this, they might have already made those cuts. Yes. Um, but then after that final preseason game, Tuesday is the day for cuts. Um, it's not a full week after anymore. Um, so it's uh, at least, do, do I have that calendar right? Did it used to be final preseason game in a week? It used to be the final preseason game was on a Thursday and then roster cuts had to be done on the following Saturday. And then there was a week before okay. the, the regular season started. Okay. Yeah. But they're mid they're They're not on a weekend anymore. They're midweek. So I am uh, all for be, this. It'll be Tuesday roster cuts. Uh, and we will know we'll probably do a pod that night. Sure. Uh, once we know what the roster looks like. And once we know what the roster looks like, we will be able to do our final 53 minute projection. Um, on who we think is, is going to make it. Uh, it's a joke. Um, all right, let's get out of here. I'm Kyle. He's Chris. And uh, subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't. See you guys. Bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.